0: Fantastic, uh, Tanya. If you've missed any of those scratchings, jump on your TAB app or the uh, TAB website, and we'll update you, of course, on Sky Sports Trail if there's any late scratchings throughout the day. Let's get into it. Uh, let's welcome our panel this morning on Punner's Postmortem, and we're hoping that we get plenty of calls, as we always do, on a Monday. Thirteen fifty-three, fifty-three. that open line number. Uh, Ron Doversy, good morning, mate.
1: Yeah, good morning, uh, Dave. And, uh, well, it's been a magnificent week of racing, hasn't it, all, all round? Yeah. And... Again on Saturday at Rose Hill, we had some, you know, some competitive racing. Tommy Berry, he was only a long neck off a career best of five winners. He gets four of them home, a couple of nice two year olds, and and uh, Electric Girl gets it done in the group, too. And obviously, we saw those two stars in Melbourne, uh, Zaki and Nature Strip, strut their stuff.
0: They certainly did, uh, and there's plenty of New South Wales. Um, Vibes and and performances, good performances through that uh, that whole Melbourne carnival. Dino, we're wrapped up at Melbourne. We'll be continuing, though, in uh, Victoria, though.
2: Yes, we will, Dave. Uh, yeah, it was a magnificent week of racing, but we go, uh, we go to the country this Saturday. We go to Cranbourne and then uh, Ballarat, and then back for uh, Zipping Classic Day a bit later this year at, uh, at Caulfield this year. But uh, yeah, it was a magnificent four days, and to see the two stars in action in the two feature races, uh, or the two equine stars, and then uh, add James McDonald, uh, Chris Waller, and Annabelle Neesham to the mix, it was a pretty good day.
0: Glenn Munsey joins us as well. Glenn, we're going to touch on some markets that the tab have opened already for the big uh, autumn coming up in Sydney next year.
3: Yeah, morning, Dave. Morning, Ronnie. Morning, Dino. Morning, listeners. Uh, yeah, well, just as they, they closed the doors on Flemington and we have burst open the doors on the the championships for next year. Already this morning with uh, markets opening on uh, the the Doncaster Mile and also the Queen Elizabeth Stakes. And it's an impressive roll call of horses that they have put into their pre-noms markets for both of those races at TAB.
0: Alright, just before 9.30 we'll go through that uh, that those particular markets which you can find or if you can't wait as Glenn said they are open on the TAB app. Duff, I'll come back to you. Let's just touch on, on James McDonald because uh, it, uh, it was uh, an amazing carnival that he had. Obviously, you know, like any of these uh, top riders, you need the cattle and you need the luck to go your way. I've asked for a stat from the team at Racing and Sports. I was t- chatting with Alex um, Steadman this morning and maybe someone out there listening could know, obviously James turned 30 next year, and I'm wanting to know in years gone by, jockeys at that age, before 30, that have ridden 55-plus Group 1 wins because James has now achieved that. Um, Is he... Are we in a situation, Duff, where, you know, he's going to be... He's the number one in our sport and we really should be taking note. Not that we aren't taking note, but you know, we, we need to almost do what we did with the Dazzler um, because he just looks to be one right out of the box.
1: Oh, well, we, we all know that. and he's, he's got youth on his side. You know, jockeys aren't supposed to peak till they're 35. Um, he's had his ups and downs along the way, but he's, a, he's, the, he's the finished article now and his results uh, speak for themselves. It's as simple as that. He's, like you said, he's only 29 to do what he did. He wasn't even going to be riding, riding at this Melbourne Carnival no. three weeks ago. Uh, so he he hardly had all those rides structured up, um, but it all fell into place for him. You know, at the 24th hour, as they say, and the rest is history. And um, the way he dominated that carnival is, and you know, it, it's a record-achieving moment for him. And although he had the right cattle and some champions uh, underneath him, um, he steered them the right way, didn't he? He's a he's a superstar.
0: Dino, what what do you make of it? I mean, obviously you get to see James uh, doing what he does in Sydney, uh, which is a different kettle of fish up here compared to what it is there in Melbourne. But to be so dominant, and it, look, it does come down to cattle, and maybe, I mean, people might say, well, you put other jockeys on those horses and they still would have got the result. Uh, but he just seems to get these horses in the right spot in their races.
2: Yeah, well, uh, the other thing is, Dave, that uh, he's ridden, you know, I would say – Three of the quirkier champions that, you know, we've had in recent times, uh, with, a uh, very elegant and, and, uh, certainly nature strip. And Zaki seems to be, have to be ridden a certain way. And, uh, he, he does that, uh, magnificently. So, uh, look, he's an absolute superstar and, and only just starting to come into his own. And to put it in perspective, uh, he had his first Melbourne ride for the season, uh, on the 23rd of October, Cox Plate Day and he's currently running sixth on the Premiership. So uh, wow. he, he's, he had tw- he's had 12 rides through the Melbourne uh, couple of weeks. Uh, uh, sorry, 34 rides for 12 winners. So, uh, yeah, and nearly $10 million in prize money.
1: And I'll go back to, I think it was about 12 years ago, and uh, Brian Fletcher from Hawkesbury said, uh, said to me, I'm going to bring this little apprentice out from... Um, New Zealand, James McDonald. They tell me he's a superstar over there, and I want to promote him. On I think it might have been Oaks Day at Hawkesbury, and he come out there and he rode, and he was a he was a shy young boy, and he rode like a, you, you knew straight away that he, he he was the talent that they were expecting. He, he goes back that far that you know what a, we all forget how, how great a apprentice he was, and to come over here and dominate you know at the age he is is amazing.
0: Muns, mm. I mean, you've obviously um, You had your father as a jockey And you've, you've grown up around the sport all of your life Where do you rank Where are you starting to rank James?
3: Oh, he, he's got to be right up there, Dave You know, it is the opportunities that you're given But it's also what you've got to look at The horses that he's winning on Some of them he's getting on for the first time And they haven't been winning And, and that's, you know that, That's a, a very, very important point Like the, the um, you know When Jamie Carr was flying We said, you know, the most important gear change in racing was Jamie Carr on Uh, when she was making horses win that weren't winning. Well, James is doing a similar sort of thing. I know he's getting on the absolute creme de la creme, Mm -hmm. like your Zarkies, your Nature Strips, your Very Elegance. But he's riding a lot of winners away from that as well. Look, you know, know, for a horse like Great House that was here getting beat in, you know, Benchmark 78s, Um, you know, He jumped on it at Flemington the other day and it looked like Farlap and went on to run another good race in the Melbourne Mm. Cup.
0: Calls coming in on 13.50, 3.53. Guys, just on that, I mean, I started to go through historical data, especially on other jockeys and and group ones around Europe, was getting a little bit tricky. But to give you some context, so James has ridden those 55-plus group ones already at 29. Um, the one that was uh, a little bit heebie jeebie was to Tori, because obviously he rode so many group ones around Italy, Spain, Europe as a youngster, and obviously was riding a stack for Godolphin as well. Uh, he was in that 50 range. Ollie was in the, the high 40s, so before Damien was 30, he'd ridden, um, it was 46, 47 group One. so he's in very good company, um, and obviously, you know, we're all punters that love him uh, and we live and breathe the sport but geez i'd love to see him on every billboard like they do over there in hong kong and japan for people that aren't into racing uh because yeah he's he's our number one star in my opinion now first caller on the line this morning i think we've got uh, the bandit who wants to talk about lost and running morning the bandit
4: morning boys how are we
0: very good mate i just
5: want to know um I, I, I'm, I'm in the mood to take some of uh, Glenn's money off him, and I want to know if the uh, Lost and Running and Gitra are actually going to the to the um, the Newcastle race. i I'd think Lost, Lost and Ra-
3: Running definitely, yeah. and the last report I saw about Geetra, he was back in South Australia um, about two yeah. days after he last ran uh, when he ran at Rose Hill, so I'd say no to Geetra.
5: Oh, okay. All right. No, I just well I won't be taking your money there, Glenn, but you know, I was I was happy to get you onto that diet lemonade instead of that other stuff you drink. take all your money so that's all you can afford. But not to worry. Thank you, gentlemen.
0: Beautiful bandit. So, yeah, we're gonna have a, a full look this week at that, hunter. That pre dom's market is open. Is Loston running uh i only got Larry there, Muns? Um I'll give you the prop number if you want. Four lost and oh, running. Dave, Dave, You've it's all up it. and running. Beautiful, has, has
3: been up and running for hours this morning, Dave.
0: Well, the two point eight has that been popular? I see. Obviously, top ranked. There's been a firm, and there'd be. There's a bit of a tip around Newcastle for top ranked.
3: Uh, yes, well, As Top Ranked is the most popular runner, David. Went up a $26 chance, actually. This import, yet to have a start in Australia for Annabelle Neesham. Uh, it's it's the most popular runner. It's a third of the investment. And Lost and Running, funnily enough, is a quarter of the investment. So they're, they're uh, you know, the vast majority of money invested on the race for this week, albeit okay. a pre-NOMS market, and the NOMS come out this morning. Uh, they're the two that dominate there. Bandersnatch, snatch. There was money for it over the weekend. Wasn't in the original uh, markets. Went up a $26 chances. Is now 15. Uh, it would be the third pick. Fourth pick would be Never Talk, uh, Chris Lee's runner. Then Stockman, uh, another horse that was only put in Uh, over the weekend, or maybe late last week, went up a $51 chance, is now a $26 chance. So uh, when those Noms come out at lunchtime today, there will be an official all-in market, and if any of those horses that were in the pre-Noms market do not uh, nominate for the Hunter today, uh, that money will be refunded to those customers.
0: Okay, and I think top-ranked last week, Jock uh, Galogli was suggesting that uh, James McDonald might be riding top-ranked in that uh, the hunter so we'll wait for everything to be confirmed but that uh, that was definitely on the cards uh let's get to our next caller on the line on thirteen fifty 53, 53 let's get to matt good morning matt
4: hey dave how are you mate very good mate hey uh four quick questions first one How'd you get some renos done at your house after your head got a bit bigger with the bsd multi
0: oh yes you get, no very good mate you've been saving, you're saving up these lines all week' you've got to get that special on the comedy channel. I keep telling you <laughs> the
4: second one is um boys, will we see some more American horses come over because um, they're doing pretty well first up in Australia. Is that possible? Like the form's pretty like stands up pretty well in Australia Cox plate winner.
2: Boy, oh, he he, ra- he he raced in. He had that one start Ooh, in America, yeah. but and yeah, then we he's did
4: another you, one go to uh, I think it was Pakenham or somewhere for the Cup Carnival, and it won also. First up, uh, I don't know if it was Pakenham, but it was somewhere just during the week.
2: Anyway, oh, so Keighton, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think it was bought as a you know, breeding. Purpose and uh, they've ended up racing it, so yeah, um, yeah, it won a low grade race, but yeah, certainly, uh, you know, state of rest. It was a European horse that had one run in America, yeah. Yeah,
4: um, third one, Espiona, that thing of Wallace, is that a chance to go into the Doncaster?
2: Could run in
1: anything, yeah, it all depends. You look at she's the way she went the other day, there's, there's lots of options, she's she's that quick, I don't know, um, yeah. You know. It, 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 do you treat her as a sprinter or a miler? I don't know. She was the fine line between the 1400 the other day, and she raced away. So mm, I think Chris it, will work out a plan. It won't be. I don't think there'd be. She'd be charging through six or seven runs in the in the autumn, knowing Chris he'd pick his mark and find a few grand finals and concentrate on next spring.
2: Surely the four? surround and the Coolmore. Coolmore. short yeah, yeah. Coolmore, yeah, that yeah, in the surround. Group 1, 1400. She, yep.
3: She's been rated very highly in the pre-noms market for the Doncaster, put it that way. But, you know, that's oh. only uh, someone's opinion of uh, where she might go. Yep. There was there was talk that potentially, you know, the magic millions, and that was quickly put, yep. knocked on the knocked head. On the head. So, yeah. yep. so
0: so what do we do? I mean, let's just talk about, um, about her, uh, Dino. Um, visually very impressive um, and, uh, you know, won by that huge space. One, who did she beat, or is the data just jumping off the page to suggest that, uh, you know, she's, she's one, you know, we obviously have to follow, um, but I mean, is it, is it sort of, you know, a bit, um, what's the word, uh, is it sort of a, just a bit immature of us to be, you know, or punters out there to be diving in and Doncasters and all these sorts of things, or is, it, is what she's done there on the track time-wise, does that equate to, right, she's, she's a star?
2: Oh, yeah, I think Doncasters might be a little bit premature, but uh for the Phillies and mares, we've been wanting a good three-year-old filly all season. All the feature races have been virtually won by different horses, and uh, I would have thought that had the timing been right, uh, she would have probably won the flight stakes or the uh, thousand guineas but uh, obviously she just wasn't quite in the time frame what she did as a sustained gallop uh, on Oaks Day and there were a lot of sprint races on Oaks Day so it wasn't just you know uh, staying races she ran the best uh, thousand of the day the second best 600, 400 and the third best 200 well I think if James had breathed on her, she'd have run uh, the best 200 of the day. So it was, uh, yeah. She she's the filly that we've been waiting for. The fillies that ran second, third, fourth that's about where they're at. That uh, they've run to about their usual marks. But uh, yeah, she's uh, something uh, in this group of three-year-old fillies that have been we've been waiting for something to come out of and you know put up a uh She's the one.
1: Yeah, all the all the data blokes have all raved about, her understandably so, and. You know, such a respected person like Dominic Byrne, uh, I think he came out the other day and said, uh, you know, the only one I've rated higher at that sort of stage is, is Black Caviar. So, <laughs> <what> is, <laughs> right, what, OK. What, there's your, there's your, you know, your question answered answer. Good so bench, how man. how the, How the professionals are rating her, uh, pulling the race apart, to say something like that um, with a filly having her second or third start is amazing
0: have got David on the line. Morning, David. How
5: are you going? Um, about oh, about six, about eight weeks ago on um, the show, you had a question. You asked everyone to ring in whether they thought um, Barry Elegant was a champion.
4: Mm-hmm. I don't know whether
5: you remember, about oh, six or seven weeks ago. And um, I said, and I think most of us said, you know, she was outstanding. But I think now she's a legend. I mean, she's an absolute champion. What she's done. Melbourne Cup, Caulfield Cup, Tancred, Oaks... She's won four races at 2,400-plus, you know, 2,400 metres to 3,200. She's won at weight for age over 1,400. Um, in the history of the, of the sport, in the history, there hasn't been, I can't think of, um, too many more versatile mares. In fact, just about no mare I can think has been more versatile, really. there may have been better, but for versatility, she is an absolute champion. And just with the Melbourne Cup, one thing that... Um, to add to her victory that's got a little bit lost in translation, was how fast the race was run. It was the fifth fastest Melbourne Cup um, in history. And uh, I think that might explain why a lot of the horses you know, didn't stay and why they came in at such intervals. It was a very quick run race, and especially when the track wasn't that fast, really. So, uh, But I just think Very Elegant is now a legend to the turf. And Can I just read you a quick comment, Chris Wallen made? It was in the paper the other day. He said, there will probably never be another Winks, but very elegant has stamped herself a unique thoroughbred that has her own special qualities that Winks didn't reach, Waller said. Now, that's pretty high praise, isn't it, coming from Chris Waller?
1: My word. My word. And to think she's won 10 individual yeah. uh, group ones, that's the, that's the selling point. of a Winks this won activity. 11, I think. 11, she was won, it?
2: Yeah, she won a 25 all up at 11 individual races. And uh very elegant one ten, and they've all been individual different group ones,
0: okay well, th- thanks for your call, uh David, just on that that cup Dino um, were you surprised by the dominance of very elegant um, because it was just you go back and now and watch the watch it over and over, and you focus on James, and he was just traveling yeah, well, not
2: once she got that spot and uh, we, we spoke about it last Monday that I thought James had put her a lot closer than last year, and she got a beautiful spot. Then she got a beautiful three-wide cart. Uh, once Grand Promenade didn't get in, Spanish Mission got on the back of him. He got on the uh, very elegant on the back of Spanish Mission and Twilight Payment, who just couldn't muster early, was on the back of very elegant. So it was a, it was a beautiful three-wide train. But uh, as uh, David just mentioned, it was a very fast Melbourne Cup. So the superior athletes came to the fore, and we saw a Caulfield Cup uh of last year beat this year's Caulfield Cup winner. So a real championship race, if you like. Mm. The best international who... He was the best international nominated when there was, you know, 25 or 30 internationals. He was still the best nominated. Uh, and he came out and he ran really well. And probably the most improved horse in Melbourne and if not one of the most improved in Australia in, uh, in Floating Artist. Uh, and they broke, they beat the rest by six lengths, uh, beating a horse like the Chosen One, who we know his level, and Grand Promenade, who had probably the hardest run. So uh, I think it was a you know a real reflection. Yes, there were horses beaten a long way, but that's where they're at when it's run fast like that.
0: You're on Punners Postmortem on this Monday morning. Your panel is Ron Duffusy, Dean Lester, and Glenn Munsey. We're going to take plenty of your calls on thirteen fifty-three fifty-three. Coming up after this short break, we're going to chat about uh, the, the win there and the golden gift. Gary Portillo's got another nice two-year-old. That was Rose Hill on Saturday. But before we do get to that break, Munns, we alluded to these markets being opened from the TAB in relation to next autumn. What do the boys and girls at TAB think will be winning some of these big races?
3: OK, Dave, let's have a look at the Doncaster Mile, which will be run on Saturday the 2nd of April uh, next year, and they have made the three-year-old Animo. Uh, the $8 favourite for the, the Doncaster Mile over Espiona and also uh, the uh, uh, Golden Eagle winner in I'm Thunderstruck, $11 each of two. We've got Ayrton, Fangirl, Icebath, Moonga and Private Eye on the next line of betting at $15. And then quite a few of them at 26 including the likes of uh, Artorias, Captivant, Cascadian, uh, Count de Rupi, Entrevier, Halal, uh, Maximal. Mugger 2, never been kissed um, there for Gay and Adrian. Uh, Tefane and the like there. And the Queen Elizabeth. Just, just listen to the names of the horses they've come up with here. Zaki, your $8 favourite for the Queen Elizabeth. We run the following Saturday, April 9. Adabe, $11. Animo, $11. Incentivise, $11. Very Elegant, $11. Then at $15, I'm Thunderstruck. Loves Only You. Profondo and State of Rest. Pretty handy collection of gallopers there. They, oh, no, you can yeah. put put anyone you like uh, in there, but uh, they're just the top um, 10 or, or so horses in the Queen Elizabeth Stake. So both of those markets open now. Uh, there'll also be a market open on the TJ Smith and the Sydney Cup. And for those people, we're not uh, neglecting uh, Victoria because as soon as they go past the line in the Caulfield Cup, a market opens on that for next year and has already. There's a market open on the Everest. There's a market open on the Cox Plate. And there's a market open on the Melbourne Cup, all pre-nom markets for next year's races because that's the nature of the beast now. Uh, people want these markets there. And uh, whether they want to have a bet in them, they don't have to. Uh, but they, they do become very, very popular.
0: All right, we'll take a break. Uh, give us your calls on 13.53.53 53 this morning on Sky Sports Radio. This is Punters Postmortem. Jenny Duggan on Discovering Australia.
5: I remember after leaving New Zealand on my flight home, I had a stopover in Sydney for a couple of hours, and I just remember coming in over. Sydney and just seeing the beaches
0: and I thought, oh my goodness, this place is
5: amazing. I want
0: to come back here. Yeah, two years later, off I went. Monday's Experts. Monday's Experts. 11am Monday on Racing HQ. As you know, Sticky Wings is the official sponsor of punters' clubs in pubs and clubs everywhere. But the guys at Sticky are aiming up yet again for another exciting announcement. I can't spill the beans right now, but just imagine being able to demolish succulent, saucy Sticky Wings at home whenever you get the craving. I've also copped the tip that Sticky Wings might just be joined by another from their stable. Smoky American Barbecue with juicy ribs and brisket. Stay tuned, punters. This one is going to be a biggie.
5: This is a message to all local businesses. On behalf of all radio listeners. Let's hear from you. Yeah, we want to know when your laptops are on sale. If
1: your bar has live music. Or if we can book a table online. There's more of us listening to radio than ever before.
5: In our cars, on our phones, laptops, smart speakers. In
1: fact, 95% of all Australians. That's
5: a lot of potential new customers. So come on. Things have opened up. And we're all ears. Advertise on radio and watch your business grow. For help with radio advertising, visit radioalive.com.au. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio.
0: Welcome back to Sky Sports Radio. Uh, The panel of Ron I Dean Lester and Glenn Munsey. Uh, Your call's on 1353.53. And we've got old Pete on the line. Good morning, old Pete. I don't want to belittle
5: in any way uh, young blokes efforts over the carnival, but I just want to go back to 67. When George Moore, in an Easter carnival of Sydney, the Doncaster Sydney Cup on the Monday then, there was twenty, uh, uh, a lot less races, and Moore rode 15 out of 26 rides. He rode four on the Saturday, four on Easter Sunday, three out of seven on the Wednesday, and another four on the, the following Saturday. So that is pretty phenomenal.
1: Yeah, amazing.
0: Amazing. We forget
1: quickly, don't it's
5: we? He was borrowing of one nun of the saddle. It was, it was <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs>
0: Thanks for your call, Old Pete. Yeah, I don't think I don't think history is forgotten so much. Um, but I, I, one thing that um, I don't know if you boys agree with me here, but sometimes in racing we, we're very insular. So we all know that J Mac is good. Uh, we all know that uh, you know he's he's an uh, elite of the game and, and has these incredible results. But do we do we tell the outside as much about? Uh, the james's uh, you know the and the other great achievements that we've got we were we were sort of cutting it through with with Jamie Carr a bit, but I just feel as though that um we don't do it. Do you boys agree disagree?
1: Um, I think over the past week James Mcdonald's got all the accolades and, and and he's been on you know he's found front pages and back pages, and I think he he, he I don't think we we have let it slip. At the moment I think he's got a great a, a great deal of press out of it as he is, as he is this morning. But uh, no, I don't think we've let it go. When someone produces a you know a champion achievement, I think they're
0: recognised. Any other comment there, boys? Dino, Glenn.
1: Uh,
2: well, yeah, I, I can see what you're sort of saying, Dave. That uh, the, the racing industry know how good it is, but uh, the the Melbourne Cup weekend and the the figures that uh, turn turned out in the back page of yesterday's herald sun uh, there was a big photo of james with 10 and, and the number 10 and breaking the record so it was it was mm. front and center to the the sports viewers yesterday that he broke uh, Brett Preble's record and and what he'd done including winning a melbourne cup and uh, yeah it's uh, it's certainly uh, yeah he, he, uh, he had 28 rides for the week and broke Brett Preble's record. And I think Brett, when he rode nine winners two consecutive years, mind you, which was a pretty good effort, he had 32 yeah. and 34 rides. So he did. He rode one more winner with uh, four and six less rides, respectively. Mm.
1: Mm. Have you got the stewards' report from Saturday? Did uh, McDonald yep. and Preble get fined or not? No. Oh, good. Okay, good.
2: No, it was after the line.
1: Yeah, but still, I've seen him get fined for past the line yeah. before. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, let's get to our next caller on the line. Um, we've got, I think, Chuck's there. Good morning, Chuck.
4: G'day,
5: how are you going? Good, mate. Yeah. Listen, the, the fella was on earlier about versatile mare. uh Our, our mayor, Montefilia, she's won over 1,400, 1,500, 1,600, 2,000 and 2,400.
0: So that's versatile. Hey, are you, are you, Chuck, are you involved with Montefilia and the ownership? there you go we're happy to... what's the plan with her
5: Oh, Queen Elizabeth
0: Queen Elizabeth
5: yeah and I mean we'll get a decent price you'll see a better mare as a five year old she's just she's come back she's only been back in the uh, the past maybe three months uh, three weeks I've been up looking at her uh, last Friday she, she she's back already she's, she's put on about 45 kilos uh, and she just you'll see a really seasoned mare starting to you know emerge in it's a
0: very I believe. Okay, you should be very proud of, of what she's achieved. Thanks for your call, uh, Chuck. Uh, $51 um,
3: for the Queen Elizabeth. Chuck, if you'd like to have a bet.
0: $51. Uh, let's talk about uh, the performance of Gary Portelli's two-year-old in the Golden gift. What did you make of the race, uh, Duff? And I mean, look, I know it's early two-year-old form, but this race starting to, you know, be on the, the agenda because, you know, that top two uh, pretty much sort themselves out for getting in the slipper if they can hold form.
1: Yeah, I think trainers have still got to get their head around it. It's only the the third running of it, and only history will tell us, well, only time will tell us uh, if it is four. I think Jeez, it was it a is, willing
2: contest on Saturday.
1: Was it what? When Cannonball went out there. Yes. <laughs> he did a good job to hold on to full yeah. spot there, I would have thought. Um, but, yeah, look, they've. I think uh, Sir Jarden was very good considering we know the 1100 Rose Hill, it's hard to come from last and come to the outside and that's exactly what he did uh charlatan i'm still in love with him even though he was beaten he's just raw he just a horse got up outside him and he wanted to run away from it he was green. He, 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 he didn't know where he was in the middle and and then he was still gawking going to the line so uh, i think once joe starts to train him next preparation you might see a pretty good cult um You know, they've run similar time to the fillies and mares overall. Um, Some people may want to pull it apart and say it's no good. Um, I'm not in that category. Um, I think that second horse is a real horse to follow. There's uh, no doubt in my mind whatsoever.
3: The market didn't think they'd go as hard as they did because the horses that were best supported looked to be, you know, the horses that were going to be on speed, like the the first starters, uh, Mount Brilliant and also Bird on a Bird on a Wing. Uh, they were both, you know, Bird on a Wing was thirty one dollars into twelve dollars, and Mount Brilliant was sixteen dollars into eight dollars, and they looked well, to for go forward horses.
0: That was a mystery why they were backed.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: All right, uh, so that's the uh, the golden gift. If you had to, so obviously Duff, if you had to to pick one horse out of the race that you just want to, you know, you've fallen in love with, it is Joe Pride's runner.
1: No, no doubt, no doubt. Yep. You know he he hasn't been trained like a, a running two year old, and he, I think it's just raw talent that's got him to the races.
0: And, and what do you do, Dino, with say like Cannonball, who we saw there at Flemington behind? Getting the spirit in the Maribyrnong. to see that performance in the Golden Gift, do you bring that Maribyrnong, um race up a little bit in terms of you know the, the caliber of it?
2: Well, it's been a little bit mixed, uh, Dave, because Les Cars ran second yeah. and was a little bit plain on Tuesday late. Uh, I think uh, you know two-year-olds they can go on and off the boil, and I think Cannibal uh, really learned a lot from that first run. Really got running and uh, his effort to, to stay on. You know, they were seriously fast through the first 700 metres, so it was no surprise that, you know, it was a good run-on race, but now I'm, uh, I'm with Duff, I'm with uh, Charlotte, and uh, he, he, he was running sideways on Saturday and still nearly won.
0: Munns, have uh, you had to pick one of the race that you could just put away in the stable, what would it be? Um, I, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be
3: cooking um, either of the two horses at the top there. I was a little bit disappointed because um, the two scratchings, Dave, were the two most interesting runners I was looking to see go around in that race on Saturday it was Queen of the Ball and this first starter called Ebhar. Uh, so, um, you know, the jury's still out for me on the race there because, uh, as I said, the two scratchings, I think, robbed it in my own personal um, point of a, of a bit of interest.
0: Let's get to our next caller on the line. I think Gary's on the line. Morning, Gary. Morning, how are you, boys? Very good, mate.
4: What I rang up about was, I think people have got short memories, George Moore. He, he rode 126 um, group ones, but there was nowhere near the group ones around in those days of what there is today. And I used to reckon he, was, he had a whistle because he, he used to ride brilliant. He used to get in on 75, he used to get in behind him. And all the time you'd see him get a run through on the fence or run up the middle. It, it, it was a fantastic job. Mm.
1: There was a lot of Group uh, I think they've just adjusted George Moore's um, Group yeah. One wins. I don't think there were really Group Ones when he won them. If you get, a, if you get an official uh, amount of group, uh, George Moore's Group Ones, it's nowhere near that. So they've just gone back in history and said, "Well, that's a Group One now," and that's how they've counted up his Group One wins. And that's no disrespect to what he's done. He, he, he's, he's the he's the leader of his he was the leader of his field.
2: Yeah, the group the group listings didn't come until 1979, so George was long yeah. retired.
0: Beautiful. Thanks for your call, uh, Gary. We are on Punner's post this morning, thirteen Let's talk about the McKinnon uh, and Zaki. Um, great performance, wasn't it? Um, and, geez, I mean, we'll never know, will we, Dino, what he would have done in the Cox Plate, but surely he would have made his presence felt there if he was on, on his game.
2: I think so. Uh I think if you take a bit of a line through his stable mate Moonga on Saturday and where he finished and where he finished in the Cox plate you'd you have to say he's uh, at least in the in the conversation, but uh he was very good, Zaki Uh Cascadian was good at two thousand meters stuff. He was uh it was it was a building speed but he really ran to the line well and uh and yeah, that might be a new avenue for him going forward.
1: Yeah, my word. You know, even though he hasn't won this preparation, they've got him going really well. Godolphin, you know, he was around the mark in you know George Maines and the Epsom and yeah. obviously the, the Cantala as well. So he's been just chipping away trying to win, but he's just running to the wrong horse there. I yeah, it was a very bra- yeah. I thought it was a very brave move. Um, you know, it was from Annabelle. You know, anyone mm. could have just put that horse straight out of the paddock, but she had confidence and proved a point there on Saturday.
2: Yeah, yeah, and obviously uh, everything came right pretty quickly so they could move on from the setback of the Cox Plate and uh, and he got it right. But, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, uh, James McDonald, he rides the horse. I, I knew he'd stay out early and just then get into his rhythm and uh, yeah he doesn't like I just don't think he likes being right behind horses like he was at Caulfield and we saw a different horse Saturday but uh, Cascadian that's the third spring carnival uh, he's group one placed and he's placed twice in a week so he's had four group one placings at the Flemington carnival in the past three years uh, without a win.
0: Brilliant. And boys, what, what, oh, sorry, what about uh, Private Eye? There's a couple of texts here about Private Eye. What do we make of Private Eye f- at the 10 furlongs? Uh, and also some of the more beaten brigade, Hungry Heart, Colette, etc. Um, who wants to go first? Dino? Uh,
2: Private Eye had a lot to do. Once they'd set the race up from the 800, that back group had a lot to do. And Private Eye, from the 800 to the 400, did the most work of any of that group. Uh, Private Eye, Superstorm, Hungry Heart, Colette. And he beat them home. So Colette pulled up lame, excuse. Does Hungry Heart actually back up? I'm not sure. Superstorm's gotta be a query at two thousand metres. But uh, I'm not wouldn't say that about Private Eye because he had a lot to do. He had the most to do and he kept going. So I thought his run was pretty good really.
1: I thought he was terrific. Um he he's been up since uh, August mm. and mm. he's had a he's had two grand finals lately and they they, they had a go and I thought he ran Really well. He's, he's, you know, his finishing speed was good. Koen okay, Teek was all right too. Yes, yeah. yes, he was. So yeah, we won't go there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: um, jumping back here to the hot danish because there's a text here on the text line um i might come to you here buns bring you in here uh wanting to know if there was if there was much money around for electric girl uh, obviously j uh, jay ford he missed out on the golden gift um but he got the job done in the hot danish and um rocker clock would it sp'd favorite didn't it
3: uh yes clear favorite uh rocker clock dave around about the 360 mark was uh four dollars on friday 380 first price saturday morning got into as short as 320 uh got back out to 370 into to three sixty the winner uh electric girl was uh, nine dollars out to twelve dollars and i i think i i shouldn't say she snuck under the radar i think the the fact that we started on um a soft track there and it was a soft six friday soft five you know, Saturday morning. It, it, a, a lot of people probably dismissed her because of the track being soft. But as the track improved during the day, that probably um, took care of you know a couple of horses that may have been had an advantage over a horse like Electric Girl. And the fact she was ridden positive, we we're looking for the horse that was going to be ridden positive in the race. And Jay Ford was that rider uh, to take advantage of the fact that she can
1: travel on speed.
0: Hmm. What did you make of it, Duff?
1: I thought she was terrific. Um, I think she left the good mares no, no real excuses. She They went out, went out at even speed and she chased down the leader. She was a sitting shot for some good mares at level weights and I think they had their chance to beat her and she held them at bay. So um, a really, well, it's a peak performance from her and like I said, I can't make excuses behind her from a few mares that were proven there and uh, she was down in the ratings compared to them.
0: All right, we'll take another break on post Postmortem. When we return, we're going to have some more calls. Give us a ring now, 13 53 53 is the open line number. Why do
5: I only use Pazload? Well, the Pazload Frame Master is the lightest cordless framer on the market and Pazload's Coil Master is Australia's only cordless cord nailer so I can ditch the hose. I'm making it with Pazload. Reliability, comfort, performance. If you run a local business, we radio listeners would like a word. A word about your garden centre sale. A word about booking one of your beauty treatments. A
3: word about your new wetsuits.
5: Because you've got the things we want. But unless you advertise it, we won't know about it. So get on the radio. Then it'll be your store we go to. Your
4: website we visit. And
5: your name we remember. Come on. Things have opened up.
4: And we're all ears.
5: Advertise on radio and watch your business grow. For help with radio advertising, visit radioalive.com.au.
0: This is Dave Stanley. Racing HQ is on the road again. This Friday, we're heading up the highway for the Hunter. We'll talk to all the main players ahead of Newcastle's biggest race day. Racing HQ from the Hunter this Friday on Sky Sports Radio. As you know, Sticky Wings is the official sponsor of punters' clubs in pubs and clubs everywhere. But the guys at Sticky are aiming up yet again for another exciting announcement. I can't spill the beans right now, but just imagine being able to demolish succulent, saucy Sticky Wings at home whenever you get the craving. I've also copped the tip that Sticky Wings might just be joined by another from their stable. Smoky American Barbecue with juicy ribs and brisket. Stay tuned, punters. This one is going to be a biggie.
5: I loved your way with words. You knew your type. I considered myself a bit quirky. You'd plug me in and tap away. Now you're bored of my keys. I'm not your childhood sweetheart. I'm your old computer keyboard. With National Recycling Week starting November 8th, give me and old mate Mousy a second shot at life. But don't just put us in your normal recycling bin. Search National Recycling Week to find out more. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punter's Postmortem.
0: Yeah, welcome back to Punter's Postmortem. Your panel of Ron Doversy, Dean Lester and Glenn Munsey. Give us a call on 1353 or fire through the texts on the text line. i tell you what, uh, the offices must be open again because during that lockdown period, we had, uh, you know, the plenty of calls roll through. But today, there are hundreds of texts rolling in here. So everyone must be, the bosses must be looking over the shoulder. You can't sneak the phone calls anymore. Uh, Saquon was a very good performance here, Duff, uh, in the midway. It was uh, well found too. I know there was a, plenty of support for it on Friday. And when we did the punters panel, what did you make of uh, Paul Perry's runner?
1: He got the job done. Um, I think he everything went to script there. Everyone saw that he had a better barrier, that he'd uh, shape up in a much better position after being dragged back uh, to last from wide draws of late, I think it's uh, prior to last preparation. He used to go out really hard in front, so it's maybe it's taught him something. He presented to blow them away, I thought. Um, so uh, job done. I don't know if I want to go there again with him um, because I thought he should have put him away a little bit better. Budwa did all the work, and and when you'd think it was he was about to give up, he he might have even won in another stride. Uh, Bowery Breeze run nice. Ghost Rider was a good run there off a long break and uh, didn't really get balanced over the last 200 metres there. So um, he might be one that can come on out of the race. But Saquon, uh, well found. Everything went to script and you collected, but um, a little bit um, shaky the last little bit.
0: All right, Dino, we'll jump back down to Melbourne and Nature Strip. Obviously, it was uh, beautiful to see him do what he does, but to the prospect now, possibly, there's a bit of, bit of mail floating around that um, they're really keen to, to get him to ro- a Royal Ascot. Um, I mean, it was poetry motion. Gee, what's that? Uh, ran a nice race for a second. Yeah,
2: she's, uh, she's had a busy few weeks. Uh, she ran in the Manicato, and then she ran on uh, in the Furphy Sprint on Derby Day, so she's had a busy... Uh, she's run every week, and... Uh, she runs well down the straight. She ran really well to Nature Strip and the Lightning Stakes. So, uh, it, she, it's just taken a while for her to get her form. But, uh, yeah, he's, uh, oh, I think they probably want, they've wanted to go before this, but because of COVID, uh, it's been, uh, not been able to go overseas, but it's probably, uh, he's in as good a state, uh, to try it because he's galloping so well. He's just in such a good controlled manner and not ripping and tearing. It's probably a good time to, to actually have a go.
0: Yeah, we'll be interested to see how next year unfolds stuff, whether we do see uh, more Aussie horses travelling internationally. There's already chat about, um, you know, obviously James is quite keen, James and all, to get to Hong Kong for their International Jockey Series, uh, which will be what, that first week in December or those yeah. first couple of weeks in December. So, um, yeah, if we've it's always good when we can fly the flag on the international stage, isn't it?
1: Oh, it's always great to show off your talent, and you know, jockeys and, and horses and trainers. So, it's a smaller world these days, and I think it's been a passion uh, for the connections of Nature Strip to have a crack at it. Was you know for the last couple of years, and they might get their opportunity uh, next year, where they'll have to bypass much bigger prize money in Australia. Uh, but that's their decision, if that's their goal and that's their passion. Uh, and I think you know, Chris would like to like the challenge as well. So, mm. yep, good luck to them if they want to do it.
0: Duff, I didn't want to wind you up this morning, but uh, did you happen... It was all over the social media. Did you see what was unfolding there at the Breeders' Cup on Saturday morning with the scratching?
1: (laughs) That went good, didn't it? um, uh, It's a (laughs) good system.
0: (laughs) So, boys, is there... And, I mean, that's uh, the rule. And for those that didn't miss out on it, there was a situation where the horse played up in the gates, uh, was lashing out, and one of the other horses in the race, the favourite, modern times was actually... um, well, can we say it was scratched or the wrong information was sent to the. No, it was reinstated. It was so re-instated. It was, yeah. Yeah. So there was a. Didn't
3: they think it was that good a move they
0: did it again yesterday? Well, uh, I didn't hear that one. Have they? Did they do it again yesterday? Yeah, Or you're G-ing old, up? That didn't, go, they win, they did. <laughs> didn't win, though. Didn't win. Just on, on that, with When rules you're on of a good racing, thing,
3: stick to it, they said. <clears> yeah.
0: Well, Muns, is there anything like that in the Australian rules of racing? Like, is there anything well, like that? Dave,
3: w- once you're scratched here, you're scratched. Yeah, uh, even even if you are scratched by mistake, um, yeah, you, you're, you're scratched.
0: Because so I, I think li- there's
3: been instances here where um, trainers or whatever may have inadvertently scratched the wrong runner, um, and th- those horses have remained out <coughs> of the race because once you're out, you're out.
0: Obviously, it's, a, it's something that I've never seen in my lifetime. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, but the rule is from the California Racing Board. And this is the rule they've got. If a horse is removed from the wagering pool due to a totaliser error or due to any other error and neither the trainer nor the owner is at fault, the horse shall start in the race as a non-wagering interest for the purse only and shall be disregarded for paramutual purposes. So um, have you blokes ever seen that before in your life?
1: No. No, no. the
2: closest, the, about 35 years ago at Moonee Valley one day, a horse was actually scratched by the stewards, uh, it was announced that it was scratched, but the starter actually ran it, uh, it was a George Hanlon horse, I, I've got a feeling it was I'm a Red Man, and it was when he was a two year old, and he ran about sixth. so it didn't affect betting, he didn't earn money, uh, monies were refunded, but uh, he actually ran in the race. But, uh, yeah, he was, it was a miscommunication, but it didn't have any ramifications as it was no, wasn't betting or prize money involved. Yeah, I, I want to know back... if you backed the winners that day and you backed it best tote, what price you got? <laughs> well, <my> a <laughs> mate of mine backed it with, uh, the Paramutual and he's wanting to know, Munzer, uh, is there any. <laughs> <laughs> can he? Can he put in he a
0: claim? <laughs> bonus bets, <laughs> you know, yeah. anything? Yeah, he'll, call, yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: he'll
3: cop A couple, a tab hat if you'd want. Yeah. He's liked. He's back to place only in Queensland and got his money back.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I remember back in the uh, early '80s when the, in the um, you used to be able to scratch them on the phone. The trainers and old mate from Geary had one at the, at the Forbes picnics there, and he had the set first and second favourite and the the bloke from out at Bathurst there's rung up and scratched his two horses <laughs> <laughs> and he's had the third and fourth pick so he's he he finished pretty well in front that day. <laughs> they changed that system pretty quick
0: let's get to Ken on the line morning Ken
1: uh, good morning fellers um, a question for Ronnie if I may just about yes, a couple mate. of horses yes mate Ronnie uh, I have got a little black book I keep too mm-hmm. much caviar you, you're familiar with that horse Waterhouse horse yes um. Yeah, it's got ability. I uh, don't know what happens with it. Uh, yeah, I, think I can't seen. Yeah, did I spot it somewhere? Where did I spot something? It might have been just in a market somewhere, a futures market, or or I'm not sure if I've seen it at the trials. I just haven't got a computer with me. Um, when it's second start in the maiden, easing up four and a half lengths, it looked really good. I thought. Yeah, yeah, it looks looks to have talent. Yeah. Now, yeah, the other one is uh, Orbison. How's the injury going with Orbison? I don't know. No, okay. I can't help you. I, honestly, I, I I don't know what the injury uh, problem was there. But, um, but There had
0: been chat from Michael Maxwell. They sort of jump in that uh, he may be seen over the, the summer carnival okay. there in, in Brisbane. They have got that obviously that new summer carnival with a few extra yep. races thrown in there. So oh, we might see him then. Right. Thanks, guys. No dramas, Ken. Thanks for your call. Um, just on uh, another question here, Dino. Uh, this mm-hmm. is in regards to Saturday performances there at uh, Flemington. Mm-hmm. And they're wanting to know... Oh, it's just disappeared off my screen. Uh, it was the second race. I did see mm-hmm. race two in their comments. The winner of the second race, your thoughts? Was it warning? Yes,
2: uh well, it was all about Nash Uh it was a magnificent ride. He stopped and started the the tactics and got a few of these old stayers out of their rhythm and uh kept warning going as he did in the St Ledger up there a few weeks ago. Uh they're a good they're a good pairing and I think he's going to the Magic Millions staying race now, Warning, and uh he's going really well. I mean it's good to see a Derby winner still winning two years on. He's now won five races. So I think the Derby was his second win, so he's uh, he's going along well.
3: All right, presented down. all losing connections there with a belt after Nash pulled their pants down. <laughs>
2: oh,
0: oh, right. Been <laughs> working on that for a while, months Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Do we do we go back to the last race on Thursday, boys, or do we not about, um, no, want to talk fine, about? No, don't talk about. No, very no, fine. You know, the no, war, Dave. Don't was it the war. was it the biggest uh, moral beat on of the carnival? A very fine red.
1: Well, It'll do till one comes along. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, please. They got the uh, overs God just uh Exists. Yeah.
0: It continues to exist. He, he exists. Um, so what, what do we do in, when, when you're assessing the form of, of a horse like that? And I mean, look, you, people want to obviously be quite critical of, of Kieran, um, and that's the that's the beast of the the game that we're in. Um, I'm sure Kieran had his reasons for you know riding the horse. It, it seemed to go pear shaped from the start, though, Dino. It wasn't. It did right from the moment the gates opened. It wasn't at the with a furlong to go. It was it just you weren't comfortable. You we weren't watching this going, Well this is just gonna you know what?
2: Well he's very committed to not being on that inside lane but those lanes but uh yeah, I think she could have run in quicksand, she might have still won somehow, but uh it it just by the time he switched across heels and got out of that commitment, uh the race had passed him by and you watch it about three strides after the line she's about a length in front. Um mm. it was uh yeah it's just a it was just a, a really, really messy watch.
1: Okay. Right race, right horse for the right race at the right oh, time,
2: perfect, yeah, and it just didn't yep. happen. Yeah,
0: all right, boys. Uh, it is eleven fifty. Uh, not eleven fifty-seven. Nine fifty-seven. Let's get our your horses to follow uh, on this Monday. Of course, a big week with the the hunter. Uh, I know that uh, there'll be form line live from Newcastle on Thursday night. Uh, plus, we'll have the punters panel live. Friday morning, I think the BSB will be there Friday morning as we support uh, the Newcastle Jockey Club. And I think um, there's only a few hundred tickets left. They did get an increase in ticket sales because of the lowering of the square metre rule, thanks to the New South Wales Government. Uh, But Dwayne Dow is suggesting that there's very limited spots left. So if you're wanting to get to the Hunter on the weekend, I'd be bringing the the club pretty much straight away. Uh, Duff, what are your horses to follow?
1: A really hard week for horses to follow because a lot of horses at the end of their prep and, um, you know, it's, it's a tough one. So I say Blazer Trail has been work in progress for a long time. He's a fully mature horse now. I thought he may just struggle at the 1,200 after two trials, but he didn't. He was heavily backed. He's in for a really good prep. Uh, for next preparation, I'm staying with him, Charlatan. And... One from Melbourne, Sydney. The second Melbourne. worst beat of the week. Yes, April <laughs> Rain. Is there another stakes race fromers in left in Melbourne somewhere? Is there anything there? Uh, uh,
2: there is, but it's three weeks away now because of uh, the you know the mm-hmm. MRC and their wisdom move uh, a mile.
1: Okay. Yeah, mm. I don't know what Chris is thinking with her, but she she hasn't she hasn't been able to have a peak performance this prep so she will next time and she'll probably win and then be saved maybe a a light spring into the autumn but she, she she'll she win next time if he places her right and he will mm.
0: all right do you know um horses to follow
2: yeah as duff said these a lot of horses are going to the paddock now but i think these three that i'm mentioning will still go on and uh cardinal gem's one of them uh, they come through the same race cardinal gem and jimmy the bear they both ran very well. Cardinal Jem ran on well. Might be a Sandown Guineas horse for Graham Begg. I like the way it closed off uh, late. Jimmy the Bear just missed the run at a crucial stage. Well, actually, Kieran uh, on uh, Bend the Knee took his run and, and went on to win the race. And I think had Jimmy the Bear got that run, he'd have gone very close to winning. So he's a nice horse. It's the first time he was beaten. And Legionnaire was only first up in the last race. He ran really well, and he's a better 1,400-metre horse. He's going to have a really good summer. John Maloney's team are absolutely flying at the moment.
3: So Cardinal Jim, Jimmy the Bear, Legionnaire.
0: All right, and Munns, horses to follow?
3: Uh, three horses that resume there on Saturday, Dave, so they're starting their preps rather than finishing them. Um, point, counterpoint out of the highway. He had a very, very busy uh, three-year-old uh, campaign, a, a four-year-old now and been a four-year-old um uh, here, uh, I thought he was quite good in the uh, the Tab Highway. He's a horse that'll get over a bit of ground and carried, you know, fifty-seven kilos in the Highway. The other horse that went all right in the Highway there was Lucky Banner, but he's just got a bad racing style, getting back to last in that. Ghost Rider, the horse that Ronnie mentioned earlier, uh, out of the. Uh the, uh, the midway there, Ray Six, I thought uh, he was quite good. And Welsh legend uh, resumed from a spell in the last. And, uh, you know, she's probably a little bit better with um, the edge off the track. But uh, she made a dash there uh, in the straight and then just blew out the last little bit. And uh, she'd had trialled well coming into that last race. So just looking at horses that are, you know, early on in their preps and going on. And Dave, I just got a message from Dwayne Dowell. Uh, they're mm-hmm. actually looking at the track at the moment at Newcastle to give you a rating uh, because of good to the tracks. You get seven days in advance uh, what the tracks are. And uh, once uh, Dwayne sends that to me, I'll send it through to you. And Perfect. we'll be probably doing that each and every day to give people with the, the weather situation what the track will be like at Newcastle this Saturday well, for Hunter one, day.
0: one good thing about that Newcastle track it can cop a lot of moisture, and we know how, how quickly uh, it can dry. It's, it's a beauty up there. So even with this bit of moisture around, uh, you, you should have a lot of confidence in that surface come Saturday. Just quickly before we wrap it up, you mentioned uh, the Maloney Stable flying. Uh, a segue to other horses. Are they going to put the plane on, Dino, for horses travelling to Perth? Have you heard anything on the grapevine about um, what Raiders possibly are heading across there, or is it just too difficult with McGowan, et cetera?
2: Well, I think Mark McGowan's going to be the biggest issue, but the entries were taken for their feature races uh, in the last week or so. And, uh, you know, we have the likes of uh, uh, Chris Waller, uh, Elton Zara, James Cummings. I'm um, just looking through uh, Ben and JD Hayes uh, have nominated runners for the railway and that's just having a quick look at them and again Godolphin have nominated horses for the guineas uh, and uh, then the winter bottom you know, you've got your, your trekkings and kementaris nominated so uh, they're nominated it's just a matter of whether they can get there uh, I think uh, that Tony and Kelvin McAvoy would be keen to get there they've won before and they've got Savva to excel in the uh, winter bottom so uh, yeah Time will tell, but uh, haven't heard anything there, Dave, but at least they took their entries, which was something.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just having a look at our all-in um, market. for So to excels $17 uh, for that winner bottom stake, so Elite Street at four fifty, And we might ask in the coming Mondays as well just to keep an eye on that. You always do that uh, WA form because yeah. um, uh, they can produce a good no, it's... local, can't they?
2: Is there a market on the WA Guineas? I I think there is. Uh, the Sky yeah, Racing is. WA Guineas, yes, Dean, no, Of course, Star yes. Three
3: Fifty favourite. <laughs> um, it's a Ray Day's the one. He was fantastic. It's a Ray on Day Saturday. second pick at five dollars. Yeah, five dollars. Uh, he was he was terrific. S- Search and Rock Six uh, Bazoom at seven, and then Arcadia Grayson Devoted. Uh, What's the favourite there? Muns. Who's favourite? Treasured Star. Treasured Star. Well, that's one of uh, Uncle Bob's Grant
2: and Alana Williams. Uh, it. It was uh, pretty good winning at Ascot, and then the other day just uh, got way too far back and charged home in the Burgess Queen, which is the Phillies race. Has to take on the males now, but uh, and we will probably run in the champion Phillies this Saturday, I'd imagine. But uh, I'd be happy to be with it to Ray Day. His win on Saturday was awesome.
0: Gents, have a wonderful week. Um, make sure you back plenty of winners. We'll catch uh, you, Duff and Muns, in Newcastle for live form line uh, ahead of the Hunter and uh, Dino. Enjoy your week. You've got Cranbourne this Saturday, and what is it? it's It's the Cup, isn't it? That's the big yeah, meeting. it's the Cup. Uh, the, Apache the Apache Cat.
2: Cat. Uh, yeah, they've got uh, yeah a few uh, new races. A sh- race called the Shooting Star for horses under ten starts that have won in three up to three races. So good money on offer, and a, yeah, really good meeting.
0: Beautiful. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Cheers, guys.
2: Thanks,
3: Thanks, Dave.